Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, now today I'm joined by another former Owl. Uh, he played for Hartlepool United, Doncaster Rovers, Bradford City, Notts County and Darlington as well as Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, he played 68 games for the Owls between 2003 and 2006, scoring six goals during that time and was part of the squad that got promoted into the Championship in 2005. Uh, it's Graham Lee, everyone. How are you, Graham? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Good, uh, good stuff. Now, I always like to start from the from the beginning. Um, so you from the northeast. You you started playing at, at Hartlepool, didn't you? Um, yeah. yeah. Signed when you were what, seventeen, was it? From leaving school, yeah. So I went as a Hartlepool some apprenticeship or white. Yes, it was an M days. A uh, couple of years as an apprenticeship, and then. I broke into the first team in my second year of being a white yes, so I was seventeen year old, I broke in the first team and then and then from obviously from there I think eight years in the first team before yeah. the move from Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. I actually no. signed I was a centre forward when I signed from the I was just about to, I was about to say, yeah, yeah you didn't uh, you know, yeah. you weren't always a defender, were you? I mean what 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 kinda happened with that? How come you it's moved over to defend? Strange. You you look you look back now and you look into like the pathway and how things were mapped out. The, it happened probably from 14, 15, like a centre-half would get injured in the warm-up and I, and I was a centre-forward, but I was always good in the air. So the man, oh, will you go play at the back? And it happened and I actually got signed under-16s at York by playing centre-half for 20 minutes and they asking me to come down. And then same thing happened in the youth team. We were playing a game uh, in the warm-up. Centre-half got injured. Oh, Spike, can you go play centre-half in this game? So I did. Played a couple of games and the managers turned around going, I think we've got a centre-half on our hands here. And this was when I was like 16. So the second year, White, yes, he pulled me, said, I'm going to start as a centre-half in the start of that season. So I just turned 17 and within a month, I broke the first team. Yeah. I mean, was that something that you were, you know, did you want to be a striker? Did we, or were, you just, were you just happy just to, to uh, actually yeah. be, you know, be a professional footballer? I, yeah, as a kid, you always think, yeah, centre forward. As a kid, I'm right winger, centre forward, midfield, um, predominantly uh, centre forward. So, but when an opportunity comes, I think it was you've got you take what you can, especially again, professional footballers with the centre right back, centre half in goal. Yeah, I'll play. And I took that opportunity, and fortunately, it worked out for me. Yeah, now, uh, obviously, a manager that, um, well, the, the manager that brought you to Sheffield Wednesday, obviously he was he was there at Hartlepool, weren't he? Chris Chris yeah. Turner, uh, I think he was there for what four four years, I think it was. Now, yeah, what, I'd say that, yeah. What what was he like as a as a manager, you know, at Hartlepool? Then did you did you take quite a uh, lot to him? Yeah, well, at first, no. Chris came in when he first came in, and obviously the team wasn't the team wasn't doing very well at the time and I, I was being a young lad so all I knew I had to was a relegation battle every year from being 17 to 20 relegated and then there was a takeover and Chris came in and Chris I think had the opinion that these players aren't good enough so we'll bring in my own and he, he showed that he did but so there was a couple of times I was not involved in different things and he, he brought in a oh I forgot his name now manager Oh, it'll come to me at some point. Uh, he brought him in to help, and he he actually, I think, I was dropped a game, and then the next game I was playing, and he came up to me, his friend, and went, hey, "What are you doing? Get your strappings on." I went, hey, "What's about to do with you? Like just having a joke?" And he, he went, "It's got everything to do with me." And I was <laughs> like, "All right." <laughs> and then from that day, with a month later, Chris like. Obviously, listened to his opinion. He played played me and then offered me a new contract, and then the sort of like bond came from there, sort of thing. So at start it wasn't, but then yeah, Chris, it was a good for me. He was a great manager, and I think one of his greatest things he did, I think he could spot a player. He brought in lads at Hartlepool, and he he sort of like knew that team's not quite right yet. So he and he wasn't afraid to say no. Get get rid of a few and then bring more in and and I think it was I went, the the year before we got promoted at Hartfield we went into playoffs and we had we were very unlucky to lose in the playoffs and it was his first time he kept that squad together and he he openly said we'll get promoted next year we'll win this league and that was the year halfway through we went to Sheffield and yeah. then. Uh, 
yeah, oh, so yeah we, 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 we've spoken to Chris uh, already on on here, and uh, and, he, and he said that like obviously being a Sheffield lad and, and things, he couldn't really turn down that move, but he, he loved it at Hartlepool, yeah. and and he'd got yeah, he did, yeah. basically yeah, he, he knew he'd get promoted, and you know, but he, he were onto some he were onto something good there, weren't he? Oh, he did. It was like I said for for me, it was like either we'd be top of the league or in a third top. Christmas and I'd be still checking to make sure it was safe at first because that's all I ever looked for. Like, well then, we've got enough points here, we're all right. So it was a it was a big change, especially for myself and to be up the top end. And we had some great years with three playoffs in a row and then a promotion. So the whole change and like I said, it was down to Chris coming in and bringing players and bringing good players and not just like good players but good men, good lads around the change room and it, the atmosphere we had at Hartlepool was fantastic. Yeah, then obviously you've already touched on it. Then obviously you you moved to you moved to Sheffield Wednesday. Now, is is that obviously that relationship with Chris Turner? Were you like right? I'm I'm bringing you to Sheffield Wednesday. Is that how it all came about? Near enough. Yeah, it was uh, it was done before the end of the season. So <clears throat> even though I was still playing at Hartpool and we were got promoted. I was near enough near where I was going. I'd come down. I think the lads were training. The Sheffield Wednesday lads were training on the on the pitch at one point when I came down and signed it was just unfortunately I was praying that they'd stay up so I was moving to a championship club but the club itself for Sheffield it was as soon as I turned up there it was a no-brainer it was the size of the club and what it was it was just a great feeling like I said I came down a couple of times to have a look and then I was just delighted to get it signed yeah and then um so like when you when you came in as well, it, that that really went it you just straight in the side. It was just like that way. You just you know first first game of the season. You were the, you were there centre back and everything. That must have been it. Must have felt good, you know, when you when you've been brought brought into a side just to make you know just to carry on as yeah, you've left off kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's obviously strange. I've gone from a club what's like bouncing the change room bouncing to a club what's uh, been relegated. So. The atmosphere was different. The lads had been there for years, so and it was you could see it was like a bit of a negative thought process in a lot of things. With some of like great lads, but like you could see that they were used to, it and it's like something different. So I think out, I, I went in then. I was like trying to settle in. Someone was having a night out. I'm coming with. You. If someone was going shopping, I'm coming with. You. And it was just I just got involved. I went yeah. to the hospital and. And I mean, I was just going to say that as well. Like, you, you've got, you know, you had players like, you know, Kevin Pressman, Alan Quinn, yeah, Matt, Matt yeah. I'm sure. Obviously, yeah, they'd been yeah. there. In, they'd been there in the in the big time, yeah, hadn't they? Yeah. In the Premier League, yeah, and yeah, yeah. now they find themselves in the, you know, in the what was then the second division, yeah. weren't it? Were called yeah, called yeah, then. Yeah. Would, would you say there was a bit of a divide then between, you know, I'm guessing no, there? I wouldn't were... say a divide. It was just, uh, it was just, it was just. You could see new lads coming in and lads who had been there, but there was no divide. They were all, and I'm good friends with quite a majority of them now. Matt Hamshaw is one of the best friends still from yeah. my Sheffield days. Uh, so I, I don't get, I don't not get on with anyone. So I'm like, I try to get straight in there and try and make sure we're trying to do things. It was just, I'd gone from somewhere if there was a night out or if there was a social, like we were going award ceremony, the whole team went to where it was somewhere where it was like, no, no, I can't do that. Or you can't go there or you should be going, oh, right. So it was like it was just different, but it was a big club. I hadn't yeah. been at a big club, so there was limits to what you could and couldn't do, I suppose, with fans or what the lads had been used to in the Premier League. So it was it was a little bit different that way. But uh, yeah. as for me going on the pitch, like you started with a conversation, I think I was fortunate. I scored three in Holland on my debut, so <laughs> I sort of felt as I settled in once I'd done that. Yeah, the only the only. The only downside to that story is where I rang home and I just we just got a puppy before I'd moved home. And uh, I rang home while buzzing to tell my wife and well, my girlfriend at the time, but my wife now, uh, to say about the oh, I've scored three. And she said, Oh, the dog's been stung by a, a, a wasp and it's in, in like the vets and it might not survive. I'm like, Oh, right, <laughs> but a, oh. bit of a down on it then. I've scored three anyway, love. Well, speak to you later. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, um, Obviously, you know, we were talking just just before we started recording um, about the, the pre-season uh, that you, that Chris Turner had. Just want to uh, just want to tell everyone a bit a bit about that. Oh, so the EP for one, yeah, so, yeah. So that was the second season, wasn't it? When under yeah. Chris, so 
I understand, and I, I still look back now and think probably genius in the sense that he'd done. So what we'd done in a article when I said about him offloading many players and bringing many players in, he he offloaded Nuno and brought in a full squad. Yeah. So that trip, that trip wasn't just it was a bonded trip on anything. Yeah. And it and believe me, it worked. It did work. It was a hell of a trip. It wasn't a pre-season in the sense of like hard work. It was a pre-season more for bonding and getting the team together and a little bit of fun involved in that. Uh but we on the pitch, the the games we played over there, we done well. Uh there was just a few late nights and did you did you yeah. like a drink then, Graham? I loved the social drink with the lads. Yeah, I thought it was great. Like I never had a drink when I shouldn't have a drink. I was always disciplined in the sense of like I wouldn't go out two nights or three nights before a game. But Saturday night and the odd Tuesday, if it was allowed, then that was fine. But yeah, I loved it. I think as going out with a team as a club. So that season, that season. Was amazing. I look back at it and, and part of my career is like the Saturday. It wasn't arranged, but like say vodka revolution was just like where yeah. everyone met at a certain time. Everyone went, and that wasn't just all the players. That was the girlfriends, the wives, and it was just the whole squad had turned up. And yeah. that like you went there, everyone had a few drinks together. The girlfriends, the wife, and the lads with the wives, and the girlfriends would go one way. The single lads would go the other way. And then we'd meet back in the nightclub at the end of the night and like, and then we'd come in and I think it'd be Sturrock at the time, Paul, like he'd be in the little tea room on a Monday and he'd have had all his letters and messages off the fans to say what you'd been up to and you <laughs> fell down the stairs, you've done this and he'd be sat there. But on the pitch, that spirit we had just shone through and that's, that was what got us promoted. And it's, uh, I look back now and I think it started with that beef trip that just brought everyone together from day one. Yeah, I was about, just about to say that that season, you know, we, we made a, I think this this was the first season, obviously we made a great start. Uh, I think we were third by September. Yeah, we were, but, yeah. But yeah. then it all kind of went a bit wrong, didn't it? You know, and then we the first season, the first season, yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, and, and, and then we, we ended up just being, you know, three points off relegation in the end. I mean, yeah. Can you put was, your finger on kind of what went wrong? It was. It, I'd love to. <laughs> it was. It was one. Of, we started off. I think. I think they, a few lads might have moved on. I'm not sure if I remember rightly. I think Christmas time, a few lads might have moved on. It was just, and like I say, it was just. I can remember going in the games sometimes, and it was like. I think I might have been captain and I might have lost the toss at home and the team switches round and you could see the lads who had been there before, oh, we never win when we play this way. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> we have to face the cop. And you're like looking at them going, eh? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, but, yeah. and it, so, so that mentality was just like, you could see what, what had been going on previous years. That was still there. So it was just, so you can look at that and I think, I don't know, I'd love to, but I had too many injuries that season. And too many injuries in my career, through, especially at Sheffield Wednesday. I missed so much football. Which I look back and think, what could have been if I'd been injury free? But yeah, we had some vital injuries at the time. But yeah, it was just, it was one of them seasons which started off at when I first came to the club and the players there in the change room went, what you'd seen, someone at telly, you say, Kevin Press, Pressman, like I'm looking there for him. I watched him when I was a young lad. I'm like, he's a legend. You know what I mean, yeah. I seen him in the changing room and watching what he was like. And the start of that season, like you said, I think we were top three, five games in, top three, and you're, I'm going 14. Yeah. Swindling away, 3 0 up at half time or whatever it was. And you're like, wow, what a team we are. And then it just, like you said, it just didn't didn't quite happen after Christmas. No. And then I remember sitting, going to an award ceremony in that year with Chris and, and saying to me about two weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm offloading them all. I'm like, and I'm looking, going, oh, all of them, like, you know, like it, was just, it was like I didn't have them conversations with Chris. It was like it just came out. I think he must have even just wanted to get off his chest. I don't know. And it, I was like, oh, right. And I was like, what about son? So he's all right, you know. He's all right, like because I knew they were good players and good. Yeah. And he just he had it. He had what he wanted to do. And to be fair, I look. He brought that team together. It was his start, and he just didn't. We didn't start what would have been for him, if you know what I mean. The start that season. Yeah. And I think when you look back with Chris going and then Paul coming in, and 
all he did it. So he, he got us together, fit, strong, organised, and that's what you need in that league. And we we went on from then. Yeah, I think it was it passed through pre seasons, but <laughs> they were the hardest pre season you could possibly have as a player. But so there no, 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 no a B for the historic then. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. You, I think I think that was one of the things uh, Paul didn't quite like about himself is I wasn't a good runner. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but no, it's pre-season. So the the year we got promoted, I was out from a ground. So it was the worst thing for me is what happened is so I missed the playoffs. I wasn't allowed to kick a ball till the end of July, but I could run. Right. So when it come to pre-season, I was allowed to run, but nothing else. So. The lads had run in the morning, football in the afternoon, I just dropped to run again. And this went on. Any new player who came in, yeah, Spike will run with him. Spike will run. So, but it got me fit. And literally, I only kicked the ball probably three three days before this stuff in. And I played. Because uh, I think Graham Coughlin had come in and he, wasn't, he was suspended or something. So I had to play. So I went from literally not kicking the ball for the fit and then the last week having to kick the ball and straight in. Yeah, I mean, I just want to just just touch back on uh, on Chris Turner if if we can. Obviously, Chris Turner, massive yeah, massive yeah. Wednesday. You know, played yeah, played for yeah. for Wednesday twice. You know, won League Cup and everything. Did did that as a as a player? Did that shine through that that he like that he's yeah, lived for the club? Uh, yeah, you could tell, and you could tell like not many managers would leave a promotion team if you know what I mean. Like he worked so hard at Hartlepool, and he had a team right where he wanted them. And he knew he was going to get promoted. I think we were 10, 14 points clear at the time. So there's only one club he would have probably left to and he knew that was Sheffield Wednesday and you could tell that. And that's one thing you look back and I think, oh, I wish, even personally, if I wish I was in a, a bit more, I didn't get the injuries I got for Christmas. I'd have loved him to have more success and more time. Because like I said, I, I, he put that team together for me. And yeah. that team was there. They just It was just waiting to click. And like I said, it just it just didn't give enough time for him to happen. Yeah, and obviously like you just said then you know Sturrock's come in. Um, what what was he like then as a as a manager? I know he's, you've already touched on that. He his pre seasons were harsh. Um, is is yeah. that what he were? Were it, were it a stark contrast between Chris Turner and Sturrock? Or yeah, he was. He he came in with yeah. He was. You knew he was the manager. Uh, He'd come down swinging his stopwatch, like, say, I'm going to pump you today. Like, <laughs> and you just knew you were getting ran. So he knew he brought in some uh, good staff with him. Uh, some of the chemists on the field and uh, John Blackley. Now, John Blackley, for me, he was the defensive coach and he was the strictest, harshest man. Fiery, but he knew. He was good. He was very good at his job and you knew you had to be on your game. Yeah. So for me, like we have, I remember playing in one game, I think we won 3-0, but I knew in the 37th minute or whatever, or say the 67th minute that I made like a hesitation on a decision I made but didn't lead to anything, but I hesitated and I knew I was getting nailed after the game. That's how, that's how you, when you were playing, that's how you knew. And, yeah. he was, and I can't remember coming in, lads are buzzing 3-0 and I just sat there thinking, oh God, and he came and he, he grabbed grabbed me by the shirt, slammed me off the wall. You ever do that? Slammed me off there, and then he'd go away, and then he'd come back ten minutes later and go, "Well done." And like that, <laughs> but that, that, for me, for me as a player, and I look back at my career, for it, I needed that. I, yeah. I loved that. That that that. No, I can't make mistakes today because I know I'm going to get nailed. Yeah. Where some some lads might not, but that that for me that was what I wanted. That's what I needed. When I look back at my career, for yeah, yeah. And Paul Stewart, yeah, he. I thought he just got the whole team organised. No nonsense. We knew what we were doing. We're the fittest team in the league. We we didn't know not. We knew what we were doing. Everyone knew the job. So he had a good. He was a good manager, and he had a good staff behind him. What really drove the team. And like I said, uh, Ken Blackley had said the back four, back five, wherever we were, and he'd say three days by ourselves, bring the youth team against us. First time he'd done it. Back four was in there, he brought the youth team, eight, eight youth team players across, and he went, hey, right, they've got 10 attacks. How many goals will they score? And we're all like, oh, one. And he's like, none. They score one goal. And you're like, oh, wow. But that was it. That was it. So from that, that training session, you were like, we don't concede. And we sat in there as a back four, and we defended everything possible against the youth team. And that was three times a week sometimes. 
and that was how we that's how that unit was formed in the sense of like everyone knew what we were doing. Yeah. No nonsense, we defend. So, yeah, because we because we we had went sort of like eighteen games in one defeat in in that in that run yeah, in the middle was, of the season. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Went, got us up to got us up to third. And from what you said yeah, there, obviously yeah. that I was about to I was about to ask you, you know, were the reason for upturning fortune and obviously coming in and, and shaking things up, yeah. obviously it made a massive difference, didn't it? Well, at the time it was it was hard for me at the time because when Paul came on, Stuart Paul Stuart came in. I was uh, I'd just had a knee operation from pre-season I'd, uh, against Birmingham. I think it was. I hurt my knee. I tried to play on. I was uh, after the contest game. I think I had to come off and I had to get it sorted. So when he came in, uh, he watched. <laughs> this is like so my personal experience with Paul. He watched this game against Walsall. It was my first game back after my operation, and all I was told of the physios get through the game, don't tackle. Just I wanted the movement to the game. Five minutes, that's it. So that's what I did. But I didn't know the new managers in the stand. So, <laughs> so he's like, so I've like two weeks later, <clears throat> I'm in full contact and playing for reserves, like getting myself fitness. I'm like fit, I'm feeling good. And the, uh, and this was, sorry, this is the promotion season, this, I'm not running. So, and he's going to, uh, so I went up and I'm saying, like, I feel a fit, strong, you're not giving me a chance. Like, why am I not playing? He's like, oh, I watched you in that Walsall game and you lost too many edits. You didn't do this. And I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't a mental. I was just in the pitch, just to be on the pitch. Uh, but I can't get me... And he was like, I can't get me head around that and all this. I'm like, oh. So I kept going in, playing for reserves, doing well. And then it was the Doncaster game yeah, where he finally, he finally put me back on. And that actually tied into the, the 18 games run we had that I'd got back in the team and it just worked out that we went on a... Unbelievable run. run, yeah. yeah and then yeah. I got injured against Blackpool. And I think that's when it ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. I've got, like, got yeah. just looking there. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Obviously, we uh, yeah. I think that were that was literally the end of that run. I think we we, yeah. well, we yeah. drew we drew yeah. against Colchester, and then I don't think we. I think yeah. Hull, Hull was the only other game that we won until the until the, the end Hull, of the season. The whole game was the one one. Is that the one we got us in the playoffs? That's right, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, so the whole game, I, I was injured, but the, uh, the day before, the gaffer got, I don't know if anyone's told you the story, but he got them all in the uh, train and then said everyone upstairs in his in his little office, like, not in his office, it was like a staff room upstairs. So we went up there and there was buffet, put out, drinks, alcohol, wines. We went, go on, get stuck into that, lads. And everyone's like looking at each other and he's going, no. Get stuck into that, and the lads had a like. I was injured, Sam, so I was in there. I was like, I was eating a crisps, but I wasn't really. I didn't have a drink, or anything. But a few lads had a few wines and different things, and it it was just the psychology of literally relaxing them. But and they went in that game and they won one nil. And little things like that the day before might have just took the edge off it for the lads to build up the pressure. And like I said, that got us in the playoffs, and then. From there, I just, I don't know, the belief in the lads going into so, the playoffs. But... So did you go to Rover Valley then? For that, before so the playoffs? Rover Valley, before the playoffs? Which, uh, I don't think I went now. Because oh, I was at uh, during operation. All right, so okay. I was, was, uh, was going uh, to ask you about that, because obviously, you know, when, when you see the, when you watch it back, the, uh, the you know, the playoff final and it, and it, the Sky Sports coverage and it cuts to Rover Valley and they're all in the in the in the kayaks and what have you. I thought I thought you might no, be there. I, but... No, I didn't do the kayaks. I was in. So I, when they were in the Brentford game for the playoffs, I was in a consultation. So I was staying over to get my operation. So I uh, so I was watching it in the bar by myself, celebrating <laughs> with beat Brentford. In. I know away that was yeah. But yeah, so, in, Griff- in Griffin Park. Yeah, yeah, Griffin um, Park one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so just want to touch on some of the you know players that you played because obviously um, during your time at Hartlepool, you actually played with some some players that obviously you know that, that also played at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, uh, yeah. Sean McCauley, he was he's the yeah, yeah. assistant yeah. assistant manager. Then there's Tommy Miller as well. Uh, he, yeah, Tommy. He, yeah, he's a yeah. he's a good laugh, isn't he, Tommy? Tommy's a good lad. Yeah, great lad. Tommy from the youth team. So I was second year. Why? Yes, he was first year. Why? Yes, so we came through together, sort of thing. And he broke into the first team like the year after me. So great lad, yeah. And he, it's the only person I've seen who points with his middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. all the time. He's, he's great. Uh, he's... But great lad. He's the manager of Spaniel with town now. 
Yeah, we, 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 had him yeah. On, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. Um, All right, brilliant. So, uh, brilliant. yeah, he's, we've, we've already, already spoken to Tommy. He's good, good laughing. Yeah, no, and, and you've got Gordon Watson, Richie Humphries as well. Ah, yeah, players yeah. that, uh, that oh, players that played for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All fantastic lads as well. Uh, Flash, God, what about on a finisher of Night? Like he came into the halftime. He was a character in himself, but wow, what he could finish one of the best finishes I've ever seen. Somebody, how he took his goals. Richie Humphries, we got Richie. Obviously, he'd gone from a, the superstar Sheffield when he broke in, and he came and he like he was like a different man. He'd lost loads of weight. He came in and he gradually just built himself back up and. How he, he like his career for Hartlepool and how he went on was fantastic. He was he, at times you look and think how how lucky Hartlepool are to have him because his talent was it was always there. And as a lad, he was fantastic. Yeah, I mean another another player. This is a player I, I, I wish we'd have kept. And obviously, you know the reason why we didn't keep him is because he probably did so well. But Kenwin Jones. Ah, when he when he came on that when he came yeah. on that loan yeah. from Southampton and he yeah. scored what seven seven goals in seven games, it was, that was just phenomenal. Everything he touched, won it. Everything he touched just went in. Did it? it was, uh, I remember Paul Sturridge saying, "It was uh, I'm going to get this lad. He can sit on top of me, going, he'll beat you in the air. He'll beat you in the air. He can jump this high and all this." And I'm like, "Going all right, I'll have a look." But then when he came, like, wow, he could jump. Yeah, <laughs> but he's finished this. Everything he's volleys, he eight volleys there, which. You're like, oh my god, how's that gone in? That's unbelievable. So yeah, it was just it was just on fire. And like you said, he's had a great career from probably that's the kickstart of his career off him. But he's yeah. uh, he, he, he probably that day was a Doncaster game where it probably kickstarted for us as well, that run. Yeah. With his goals. I mean, obviously we we you know if you went up through the playoffs, it must have been frustrating for you that you couldn't be part of, you know, part of that with your, with your injury. I mean, as a footballer, what what's it like then when you when you are injured, are you, you know, like mentally, it must be, it must be really tough. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is, especially on on these occasions. So that that season, obviously, we were pushing, wanting to get in the playoffs. We'd had a great run, and I came off the game after the Blackpool game. I came off precautionally because my groin was tight, but it just wouldn't heal for some reason. So I rested a couple. Weeks and we had the Hartlepool game coming up in different games, so I, like I kept rushing trying to get back, and we'd go on the train. And every time I kicked the ball, it just seemed to break down. So we'd rest a couple more weeks, and it was like so I wasn't getting, I didn't go straight to specialists. I was like I had injections, different stuff, trying to set it down. So it was just I was just that desperate to get back on the pitch, and it wasn't until probably after the whole game, I think we when they get checked, I go down London and get checked and. To say like now your season's over, which it's like when the team are chasing and you want to be out there, and then to obviously get the old club in the playoff final, it was just it was like unbelievable occasion, and one like I still look back and far oh, God to be playing in that game, and it would have been absolutely for me, it would have been amazing just to be like I know it's against Hartlepool, but it would have been such a unbelievable. 40 odd thousand Sheffield, the 20 odd by my two clubs playing in that game. But I enjoyed the occasion on the touchline. I probably enjoyed it a bit too much with it being my old team. I was like trying to hold back, but the emotion at the time. Uh, and yeah. like I said, if you see me straight after the game, I, instead of celebrating our lads, I went around, I made sure I went to see my mates on very article lads before. Paul Eckenbottom jumped on my back. Of, very piggyback, you know, and I just had my operation. <laughs> that, didn't, that, didn't, that didn't help. But uh, but that bus journey home, well, on a bus journey home, that was one of the highlights, the memories you look back at the, the lads bouncing on the bus and getting up for the services and all the fans turning up the services. Like, well, I, I still talk about it now. Yeah, and then uh, what about hecking bottom on the, on the motorway? Well, yeah, yeah, jumping in the bar. <laughs> I was telling someone this the other day. I mean, he was jumping on the. He was getting interviewed. I said, oh, I should have seen him when, in his kit running down the motorway, getting in people's cars, and un, until he got in the Hartlepool car. <laughs> and then, yeah, then he had to get back on the bus quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny because obviously, you no, know, I do this with Jamie, and uh, and Jamie was actually there uh, on that on that day in the services, and he, right. you yeah. know, we spoke to a few players from that. From that uh, that playoff side and uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, he, 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 Jamie always tells that story about you know stopping off at services and everyone just uh, piling in and what have you. Oh, and... It was unbelievable. We all went upstairs toilet. And it was like the escalator, so it was like two levels. 
we just walked back out. And we're like, oh my god! It was just down the whole bottom was just even singing and that's all. Oh. Like, as a feeling for players and like mixing with the fans after celebrating after getting that win, it's just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what was it like as well coming, you know, coming from Hartlepool? No disrespect, Hartlepool are a, you know, a much smaller club than Sheffield Wednesday. Like when you, when you first stepped out at, at Hillsborough in front of, I'm guessing there'd have been probably what twenty, twenty five thousand fans at the yeah. at the time. It, you know, was that like the? I'm, I'm guessing you never played in front of a crowd that that big, especially that home crowd as well. No, I was always. 5,000 max at Hartlepool. So I, even though the stadium was full to so the atmosphere was good, but no, it was, a, it was another level. There was another level. It was a high hole Sheffield Wednesday. God, you, if you could not sing along to that and the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end, it just got you ready. It got you ready. It got you in the frame of mind that you were ready. You were ready to go to battle. You were ready to go win the game and fight for everything. It was the atmosphere alone just... Like God, a picture being in that tunnel now, and just think, wow, waiting to get out there it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was just like, I think I remember looking one of my first games. I think there was thirty thousand there, and I'm just looking around, thinking, oh my God, this is it. This is what I want. This is, you know, man, it was yeah. amazing. It's funny because it, it was gone. I was just that little story about like this difference in the clubs. So like me and my wife went. Look for houses, I think pre-season time, before season started, or what it was. And, and we went to Meadow Hall and we were just walking around and probably arguing or whatever we were doing. And we were walking around and the, uh, I kept like seeing a shop window, a couple of young lads and a girl behind us, like 10 yards behind, wherever I went, they were there. And I'm like, someone following us here, look, someone following us. Like, I'm like, yeah, no one recognizes me. Or, like, I feel like it's like, so I'm like, gone on for about 20 minutes. I'm like, so we went in like H&M or somewhere and I was like, turned around and went, can I help you? And they were like, have you just signed for Sheffield Wednesday? I was like, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, can you sign this receipt? And I was like, and I just like signed it, spoke and I walked away and went, we need to watch what we're saying here. And I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, So yeah, it was, uh, it was that. And that's what opened my eyes at, t- at the time. I was like, oh, wow, this is like, this is like, People know you are. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. some of the players that we spoke to. I mean, one that um, we spoke to Miguel Liera, and and he was saying that he kind of blocked it all out, all the all the noise. He's like, you know, super super professional. You know, just got the job done. What would you, you know, is that something uh, you did, or did or did uh, you soak soak it all up? And I loved it. I loved it. I loved being in it. I loved, I loved the way games when the fans would shouting at you and booing at you. I, 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 I love that feeling of your fans buzzing and the away fans not and winding them not, not so much winding them up, but probably a few tackles the wrong way or different stuff. And just, yeah. I, I like that. I love the atmosphere. I love it. It was the pressure as well. Like I said, I like the fact that my coach would nail me if I didn't get, if I made a mistake. It's the same with the fans. The fans want, they're expecting you to play well. You have to fight for everything and that, that made me even more. You've got 20,000 fans making sure you do it right. And that's, I, I loved that. Yeah, I loved all that. Thrived off the pressure then. I mean, obviously, yeah. some of some of the away games as well. Obviously, Dan, when we were in the you know second division that turned into League One, I can remember us taking like more fans. We had more fans than, yeah. than the home yeah. size. Everywhere and we had, like, you went. Yeah. yeah. That was just yeah. cr- crazy when it you... Was, yeah. You go, like you said, talk here, away, things like that. And you... you Fans had found five hours, but we filled it wherever you went. You filled it. So them games are like home games, especially in some of them stadiums. They're like, this is unbelievable. Like, so, like I said, you, the club's taking over, and the away teams are probably that excited to get more double in the revenue that they give more tickets out to the Wednesday fans than they should. But that's, exactly. that's, that's what it was. With such a big club in them leagues that they, like I said, that's a, a waste bar. I've never seen that like it. Yeah, and obviously then when we when we went up into the championship, it was strange because Sturrick, Paul Sturrick, he, you know, he signed a new four year contract, and then about two or three weeks later, he would he was showing the door, weren't they? Were they were, they were out. It was, and, and I then, think it was a bit after Christmas. Was it after Christmas? Because yeah, if he, if he'd gone earlier, I might have stayed. <laughs> Is uh, no, he, he we I think I left in the January of that uh, in that window. When Brian Brian Laws Brian Laws came in. Brian Laws came in, yeah. So he came in. Uh, I think it was towards the end of the season. I think it was trying to keep him up. I think by the time, uh, yeah, 
it was Paul Street and brought Graham Coughlin in. And he he's I just signed a new two con two year contract and played all the, the build up to the playoffs. And he I'm sure I remember him saying to me, uh, I brought Graham Coughlin in and he obviously captained this Plymouth team all the way through and he said, uh, he'll play when he's fit. I'm not sure you two will compliment each other. I was like, oh, right. And then I'm sure again he mentioned that Walsall game and I was like, really? <laughs> you let that one really? go, I've just, yeah, I was like, really? I've just had 20 games. We've just 20 odd games in the playoff room. But yeah, okay, the Walsall game. So we had our little debates and different things for over, the, over that six months. I still played a hand by 14, 15 games, I think it was in the championship. But I just got the point. I think it was the first time in my career where I'd been messed about a little bit and I wasn't used to like, that. Success at Hartlepool, signed Sheffield, doing well, signed New Deal, got promoted, went, and then I just, so I, I remember going in and he was saying, uh, go on loan, and I said, well, I don't really want to come back and play for you if that's the case. And you're telling me somebody else is going to be playing no matter what, then why me? So at the time, I, and then the, I can't remember what the discussion had, but then there was a, a friendly arranged at Hillsborough and I'm walking in. I think it was Chris Turner was walking in and he went, are you playing today? I went, oh yeah. He went, oh, you're available then. I was like, all right. So the game was against Barnsley, I think it was, and it was the in-house game. Oh yeah. And, just invite, and he invited scouts to come and say these lads were available. So there was either three or four offers after that game to go elsewhere. So yeah. I look back and I, I look back I wouldn't regret what I did sign for Doncaster because I had some fantastic times. But for my career, Sheffield, if I'd probably, if I took a loan, then he didn't laugh. Paul probably left Brian Oscar when that, my career might have been totally different within that. But yeah. I look back and obviously I had fantastic times at Doncaster, which I wouldn't have changed. But apart from my career, Sheffield, then I always look back and think, if I just not spat my dummy out a little bit and just say, all right, I'll go on loan for a month or... And then things might be different. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm just going to go on to uh, on to Doncaster as well. Um, obviously, you went there, and someone who I want to want to talk about is, is James Coppinger. He's his yeah, yeah. uh, play. I mean, what has he played? It's like 600 and something games for Doncaster. But, yeah, but, you, but you, yeah. you played you played with him at Hartlepool as well, didn't you? Yeah, I've known. He was at the same. Well, obviously, a few years younger than me, but he was at the same in the league teams as us so growing up so I've known James even from like a really young age uh, and then he came on one at Hartlepool with me uh, done well there and then he broke into the Newcastle first team then it, then it just didn't quite work out from there and he, he had to go earn his trade exit and different things until he signed for Doncaster and I think that was in the conference and they had a couple of promotions and that's when I came in when they were in League One uh, and at the time he was only in and out of the team it was strange and then Dave Penny I remember t- talking to Dave Penny about him and he was uh, it was my second game the week before my second game of Scunthorpe and he was saying uh, I think I'm going to let James go to Barnsley yeah, on loan and I was like oh, I wouldn't do that gaffer he, he opens teams up he's always got something and he was like oh, he doesn't score enough goals blah 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 so we had a good discussion about him and then we played Scunthorpe and we were winning two one in the last seconds, and he, he uh, James, like probably done a naughty tackle the first time in his life and got sent off. <laughs> but it was like to break the game down, and the manager Shane, he loved that. Dave Penny loved that that he showed that like thing, and that was like sort of like no, you're staying, and he just never looked back from that moment. He sort of like got that love of the manager, and then obviously when Pot, uh, Sean O'Driscoll came in, that took him to another level. Would you um, would you have seen him playing that many games? Like you know, is he? Uh, no, you you wouldn't. You couldn't imagine anyone, could you? He's forty year, forty year old playing that many games, but each year he got better. I'd say like he he's experienced. He was always fit, looked after himself. He wasn't a tackling rebut like player who's going to get injuries in that sense. So he, with him looking after himself and the way he played the game, and like I said, he was just like. He got better with age and his ex like with that experience and his ability he had. And he just he you can sit watching now and he's he just doesn't have to fly all over the place. He just puts himself in the right place at the right time and opens teams up and still scores goals. And he's he's been absolute credit not just to himself but to like football and for Doncaster he's been amazing. 
Yeah. I mean, just, so there's one, just one thing I just want to talk about is, so obviously when, when you made a step up to the to, to championship uh, with Sheffield Wednesday, how did you find that that step up? I mean, was was it a big step up from, from League One uh, football? Because obviously you'd, ne- you'd never played at that level before, yeah, had no, you? it was... I remember coming, I played the Stoke game and obviously it was my first game from injury. And then I think we played Hull. Yeah. I think we played Hull midweek and I remember coming in after the game going, yeah, uh, I'm having this, yeah, I'm all right. Like I knew, I felt good, I felt so I played well. And I felt, yeah, definitely. And so I was confident, I felt fine at the way I play. I, I always felt so... I always feel even now, if I look back at all the injuries he had, I think I, I could have comfortably played at that level. Uh, it was just unfortunately, I remember, I think it was the Ipswich game. So I played the two or three games at the bounce and then I went to Ipswich away and he didn't, uh, I wasn't even in the squad. I just travelled with the team and he told me, and they took, changed your name to the team, I wasn't even in the squad. I was like, eh? And he's brilliant so like, there. Yeah, so, and that was from playing. I think it was after, I don't know if it was after the whole game where I'd come off quite confident and thought, yeah, I'm, I'm having this. And then I went from that to that. And that was, like I said, that was the start of like just getting messed around a little bit and frustrated. But no, I, the, the games I played, the times, I, again, it was the the added, like, you had to be more switched on and the pressure and like better players you're playing against. And I always thought, I love playing against the best. Challenge yourself. Like if you had cup games and it was against better teams, I loved all them games, like playoff games. I always strived in that. So the higher you played, more you switched on. So I was in, I, I loved every game I played in the championship and I felt confident in it. I'm guessing, I'm guessing I probably know the answer to this question, but did you ever suffer from nerves or anything like that? Uh, not in a, not, no, not in a, I'm quite a laid back lad anyway, but I, my, Pre-match was getting myself from being a laid-back lad into a fight. So I, I really, my youth team, my youth team coach always told me, whatever you need to do, if it's go head walls, uh, <laughs> whatever, nut the wall, whatever you need to do, you have to get in your fair mind. So I, I took that a bit literally. So from like 17 onwards, I'd be like, hit myself in the face and get myself psyched up. So it wasn't so much the pressure of, the fans and I think it was me getting myself into a frame of mind that I'm going in and I've got lads I work with now who like still laugh at how I, how I used to be in the tunnel I'd be like in front of the other team whacking myself in the face and screaming like just to get myself in that frame of mind but I'm also known that I set forwards up and thinking who was he he looks like a right idiot like you know what I mean so and that's how I, that's how I was I was always taught to win the game win after battling the tunnel and so heart to pull days when I first broke in there, seventeen year old, it was like you were needing a fight in the tunnel. You were you were going in, that was a fight. I remember going in for my first tackle, uh, and like seventeen year old tackle with someone, and I stayed on the floor. My captain just ran up to me and picked me up, scuffed my neck, get up, you don't show effing pain, never show pain, and shot me on the like, and I was like, right, but that was me. That was the rest of my game. career was don't show pain. You get up, you get on with it, you fight, and that's it, and then you. You come off the pitch, and that's when you're like, "Oh, I'm a bit injured here." You know, yeah. and that's how it was. So, yeah. So, was, would, would you say would you say you liked a good a good battle then? You know, with uh, whether the centre forward was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like a big, a big, big fella to battle with more than the little uh, fast, pacey one, definitely. But no, yeah, I, I, I tried to get myself in a fight in the pitch. I shouldn't say, it, but I'd be nipping them and like stamping on the toes, or just to get them in a fight with me so I knew I'd be switched on more and that's yeah. how I like I was a, I was a bit of a sea when Tuesday on a on a on a match day on the pitch I was off the pitch fine but on the pitch I had to get myself in that frame of mind I had to be oh. aggressive yeah well, it, cl- it clearly worked didn't it you know uh, and obviously that's yeah. you know you're not, you know, you're not alone when you when you said that they said we spoke to quite a few a few players in the you know uh we already spoke, to, you know, about him. Tommy Miller, he, he was saying the yeah, same thing. Yeah. You know, he's come, he come from that the the lower leagues as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all the all the pools. So he'll have seen me at myself in the tunnel a few times, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, yeah. Now, obviously, now you know. Fast forward, you you've gone into you've gone into management, albeit you know at, at youth level. Uh, I'm managing what under under twenty threes is it at Middlesbrough? Twenty threes at Middlesbrough, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that yeah. something that you that you always wanted to get into? I think from 28, 29, my career, I uh, got to the point where 
I started doing my badges and I think I had a year, one year with injury after injury and I just found myself happily take a manager's job now and, and, like, and that was the first time I'd like really delved into it. So from then I, I started jotting things down, what managers did and different things and good things, what I liked and bad things, sessions, different stuff and just with the, with the hope to stay in the game and that's try and get in that pathway. Uh, fortunately, when I signed for Hartlepool, and not Hartlepool, when I signed for Darlington, uh, I'd moved back home and we played Middlesbrough in the pre-season friendly. And I knew at the time, Mowbray, Tony Mowbray was the manager and I knew a few of his staff. So I mentioned that I'd just done my B licence and I love an opportunity in the academy. Uh, so a couple of weeks later, I got a call, took me in and I started doing the under-12s there. And, I, and then I started going doing the, at the end of the season with Darlington, I like retired and I went into the scouting. With, uh, so I was doing the under-12s on the evening and the technical scout for the first team on the like full-time during the week. So that was my start of getting in. I took that job to get in, just to get in the club full-time. And then the under-21s at the time, the system came up. So I'd done that, I'd done that role for the last ooh, six, seven years. And then I've been the, the lead coach in the 23s now for the last two, two years, two, yeah, two seasons. You see, you, know, you see yourself moving into you know, senior management. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I, that's the plan. It's at the moment, uh, I've not been in a rush. I've not been shopping my name about or Avatar or trying, but yeah, that, that would be the plan. Uh, I love my role. I try and treat what I do now, try and get the lads as close as all that atmosphere for the first team as much as you can within this level. Uh, just because that's their next step, they need to they need to be a bit prepped and ready and uh, know what it takes when they go into the first team. So I try and use that, and at some point, hopefully, an opportunity will come my way. Uh, I will see a few things going on in my personal life at home at the moment with my wife's yeah. uh, illness. So that that alone's just been managing, and obviously, I've had that alongside the lead role, the twenty twenty three, the last couple of years. So. I'm in no rush, but yeah, that's my plan is to move into first team football. Obviously, you're from from Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough fan growing up. Yeah, yeah, Middlesbrough fan. I, my, my dad was a, when he played when he was uh, he was a player, but he, he was always a manager when I was a kid. So alongside, we'd go season tickets and being in the like it's the academy now. But me and my brother were both from eight year old in the Middlesbrough setup and school of excellence and all that. But yeah, alongside watching my dad's teams on Saturdays, we were always going to, uh, we had a season ticket at Middlesbrough as well. So <clears throat> to move home and be have this role within the club now is, like I said, I'm uh, delighted. <laughs> now, uh, there's one person that everyone listening is going to, who absolutely hate, and that's Neil, <laughs> and that's Neil Warnock. Right, yeah. <laughs> what, what's what's Neil like? Yeah. <laughs> what's Neil like? What uh, do you do? You see? Do you see much of being academy coach? I'm guessing you do see. Yeah, quite yeah. He's on. Obviously, it's been hard with COVID because the restrictions for the first team and us have been split a bit more. On the, like, and usually, I'm I'll be in the manager's office every day and talking about players and etc. But. My experience with him is he's, he's he's a fantastic man. He is. He's a character. He's an he? <laughs> absolute character, and he's a you can see why he's successful. His man management, the way he has the atmosphere he creates with the lads, and he's is it is it's it's somehow it's good to watch. It's like it sometimes gives you a bit more confidence yourself, right? You're all right, I like that. I'm a bit like that or that. So. Yeah. But I think he just he knows how to manage players. He knows how to manage the group. He doesn't. He's done it that long now. He he doesn't. He's it's like it's just a habit. He knows exactly what he wants to each play, and the players know that. He was obviously coming when the team was struggling, kept them up last season, and he's pushed this season and just missed out in the playoffs. But he's had a great season from what where the clubs come from. So yeah. next season it'll be interesting. I think we'll. See see the first time next season I think we'll see what they're all about and we'll see like I'll I think we'll have to be on our toes and make sure we're doing everything right because they'll be open they'll be right at the top end of the table and things will have to be done right so it'll be interesting but 
my at the moment at the time, yeah, I think he's he's some he comes he's coming a few of my games. I sat in the dugout when we played. Uh he's had a few words with a referee from our games. <laughs> but he's but yeah, so no, I, I know he's Sheffield United and everything, but he's he's a he's a football man. Yeah, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the people that yeah. obviously his time at Sheffield United absolutely hated him. Like he, yeah, you yeah. know, we Sheffield Wednesday fans, you know, you you might know, but uh, Colin Wanker is a uh, is an anagram of Neil Warnock, so uh, right. that's that's what that's what we all that's what we all call him. But yeah. I think since he's left Sheffield United, I've you know, I've 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 got quite some admiration for him. I think because uh, yeah, quite yeah, a lot of managers yeah. quite a lot of managers can take uh, can take. You know things from him. Then I'm just going to move on to another manager now. So you're at, you're at Notts County at the time, yeah. And then Sven Sven Goran Eriksson and is it Sol yeah. Campbell? Yeah, and suddenly in, suddenly yeah. coming yeah. to the coming to the fray. It was well. I was at I was at Bradford in the summer, and Matty Amshaw was at uh, Notts County, and we'd been. I think it was uh, Chris Chris Brunt and Stagdo. Chris Brunt Stagdo. We were all in Benidorm oh, in the right. summer. And so Matty's Matty's got to be, we're getting took took over by some billionaires, not County. And I was like, all right. I said, my clause of my contract at Sheffield Bradford means I'm a, I can leave on a free. Have a word with your manager if that's happening. He went, oh no, he'd, he'd have you like if you could. So it just sort of like next day I got a call off the manager when he come down and they showed me all the plans, what was happening, and these people are coming in and Sven's coming in. I'm like, all right, this. <laughs> This sounds interesting. So I'd sign, signed and then, like you said, you, you don't know if you believe it or not. And then you see Sven going here. Then Todd Grip comes in. Uh, Sol Campbell came in. So Sol played and injured. And then uh, Dummer Grind in the second game. And then Sol came in. So I was like, oh, look, oh, they need to replace me with Sol Campbell, don't they? You know, like a joke. But, uh, and then he only played, he, he played one game. And I thought, I don't know if it was the league. The league too, or if it was the fact that he doesn't know where the money's going to come from, that he thought I'm off. So <laughs> he, he, to be fair, he was he was a nice fella. He came in, he he had a different way to what he's used to where we are. He, he came in, he shook everyone's hand in the club. I think he went for a forty-five minute massage in each leg before training. Trained for half an hour, went back and got another massage, and that was done every day. So he was used to a different life to what we had. Uh, so, but. Sven, to credit him, he, he wasn't a manager. We had so we had Ian McLaren, manager at start, and then they brought in the Hansbacker. This this is the start of the season while all the money was there. And Sven was just in the background. He'd come and watch us train every single day. He'd stand in the corner of the like wherever we were training, snowing, rain, hail, frozen pitches, whatever. He stood in that corner, him and Target, watched us train every single day. No input, no like, he just said, morning lads, or well done for you win lads, and that was it. He came alive when he seen the, the wives on the match day, and he'd be like, hello ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, but my wife used to always go like, how does, how does Sven get women and all that? And we were all like, oh, I don't know. Like, and then he walked in, and he went to them, hello ladies, and even my wife's going, oh, hello. <laughs> you know? So she said, he just has something to need. Like, I was like, oh, wow. So... <laughs> But but he stayed around. He went out. I've never had so many meetings in my life in that season. The, the money we've got, money we haven't got, money the wage we're not this and there's such things what went on. But again, it brought the team together and the team like on the, t- the lads in the change room came together and that with all the stuff what was going around them and like I said, we went on and won the league that year and done fantastic. We had some fantastic players, but. He, my partner, and again, he, he brought that team together and he didn't go out, he had all this money, or what he thought he had all this money, and he didn't go out and buy off last players. He went and bought good League Two players who he yeah. knew he'd get his, who, knew, who he knew could play that league. And I think that's key, and that's one thing I've took, took from the personal thing is about leagues, understanding leagues and understanding the right type of player to be in that league. And I think that's what, like I said, success. I look at Chris... Chris knew how to do that. I think he knew how to bring the right type of player in at the time. What he knew we could get out of that league, and that's like yeah. Looking was, looking back, he did he did bring some some good ones. He brought you know Steve McLean, Lee Bullen, Steve McLean, uh, Glenn Whelan, Glenn yeah. Whelan, uh, Br- yeah. Chris Chris Brunt as well. He brought he brought yeah, all them Lee, people in. Lee Peacock, JP. 
all these, all the, that team they came and in. Some of, like, and some of them were total unknowns as well, weren't they? You know, yeah, he's, he's yeah, had to get them yeah, from, yeah, you know, yeah. plucked them from Scotland and what yeah. have you. And, uh, yeah. and they've gone no, on to do. Obviously, yeah, and then went on fantastic players. That's what I said. Like, for, is I always, I, I always laugh at only me on it. I'm starting if I ever become a manager. I think I'd ring Chris and say, "Do you want to do a scouting for me?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, yeah, he'd be, he'd be, yeah, I'm sure he'd be well up for it. He, he's he's yeah, always. Yeah, uh, no, he's, uh, he's like I said, he, he, I don't know, his man was who helped him, but he, he always uh, picked a good player. Yeah. Now, obviously, you, you know, you have, you, again, you've touched on it. Uh, there's one thing I do want to just mention before we before we wrap up. Obviously, um, I mean, if you know, if you do want to want to talk about it, is that your wife's currently currently ill, isn't she? And um, yeah, you know, you're trying to you're trying to. Raise raise quite some you know some funds aren't you to to help with like the treatment yeah, it's, and stuff. It's, uh, yeah, the last two years has been life changing really. So in uh, well, it was October October two thousand eighteen. My wife had done a she'd been doing a half marathon in Kielder for raising money for one of her friends, and she came back and within that week we always use that as a guideline. She started getting blurry vision and different stuff and. So it went on and we thought she was working a lot. She was on a phone a lot, the computer a lot. We thought, oh, maybe it's your eyes, where muscle in your eyes. She beat the opticians, they were getting looked into. And then she got sent for a scan and then that just escalated. That one scan to a CT scan and next minute there was a brain tumour. They thought it was a light benign, just a stage two non-cancerous tumour. Uh, but they had to do a biopsy on it. So she had a brain biopsy on the tenth uh, of January two thousand nineteen, and then it came back that it was a very rare uh, stage four cancer, uh, terminal, less than a year to live, like everything. So the shot the kitchen sink in it, uh, chemo, radiotherapy, which knocked her for six, uh, and then it came out. And then in that time, we were sourcing every every opportunity I spoke to every hospital in around the world, uh, Australia, uh, America, New York, everything. And they all mentioned a, a trial drug, uh, this ONC-201. So, but it only came on remission if, like, the, if the cancer react, didn't work on the chemotherapy. So, yeah, it'd be at a certain stage. Uh, and then once we got the news that uh, the chemo was finished and there was a, like, quite a bit of a progression, then we contacted America and we couldn't get any... It was, yeah, it'd be from America or something because it was still a trial basis. So we were struggling again. And we found out somebody in Germany was supplying this drug. So I flew out, uh, uh, I flew out there beginning of 2020, I think it was. And yeah. got the, got the sport to the doctors and got this, like, we end up getting this drug, but it's, £5,000 a month for these four tablets every Monday. Every Monday she takes them uh, and it's, and well, she's, I shouldn't say, but she's on cannabis oil and that's been the ever-present. So the accumulation of that, the, she has the, this drug from uh, Germany and she also has like a care oncology uh, which stop pathway, so it's everyday uses. So she's on a concoction at the moment, but She's stable at the moment. She's two and a half, two years in, two and a half years in since diagnosis. She only got given twelve months, and at the moment things are quite stable, and she's she's doing quite normal day to day life at the moment. And it's like she's. I always say like there's yes the drugs are one part, but their mental strengths another. Her belief is like you haven't seen strength like it how she is, and she gives us strength so. Yeah. It's been tough. It has been tough. I've obviously got two young kids, which trying to my role's been trying to make sure they're distracted and happy, and as well as trying to look after my wife. It's uh, it's been tough. But it's, it's, yeah. Well, I was about to say I can imagine, but I can't. I can, the fact of the matter is, yeah, I can't imagine what it what it's going to be like for you and stuff. And but I mean, obviously, you know, you are trying to you know raise money and stuff. And if people are listening, it, you know, can can any of you know if, if you want to donate, can they can they donate, Graham? Yeah, there's, there's, I think we've got some just given things. Look, I've, the support we've had in the last over the last two years from my wife, like my, one of my friends, Ian uh, Matthews, and uh, another Ben O'Connor, they put a party on, like at the beginning when my wife first got diagnosed and raised money. 
And at the time, we were like, I appreciate it, but I don't quite know what we do with the money. And then as things gone on, we're like, and other people have done sponsors, and then now it's like, oh, wow, yeah, we need this money. I am, but the support we've had from people has it's been, honestly, people we don't know donating or doing walks for my wife and doing, like, my goddaughter's got a clothing line now just for my wife from her preference, profits, uh, warrior wear. So the, the stuff what's going on from people is, honestly, it's been absolutely amazing. Well, for those, it's, for those it's, that are listening, I'll um, in the show notes on this podcast, I'll put I'll put a link. So if you want to uh, if you want to oh, donate that, donate yeah. anything, yeah, then uh, then I'm sure you know every little helps. Just to coin a Tesco phrase. <laughs> no, anything. Yeah, no. It's, like I said, it's I'm the last person who ever says, "Oh, we could do it." All, but yeah, it's it's my wife's life, and we're we're trying to raise because I'm hoping she has to stay on this for. Many years to come, hopefully, because it's it's whatever's happening at the moment. It's working, and it's she's she's living at the moment. So that's what we want. Fantastic. Well, I hope I hope everything uh, everything goes as well as it can do, Graham. And I appreciate uh, it. Thanks, Jim. No problem. And uh, yes, so I just want to wrap up by saying, you know, Graham, thank you very much for, for you know for spending your time to talk to us. Um, I hope everyone that's listens enjoyed the the chat that we've had. Uh, if you have enjoyed it, then please you know make, make sure you leave a rating uh, or a review. Obviously, we'll be having more chats with other former Wednesday players uh, in the coming weeks as well. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it.